Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Yo, 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 man, what's going on? Die, filthy liberal scum. Oh, wait, I'm just, just warming up. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're close, though. You know, I think it's cool that, you know, you wanted me to die in a filthy liberal scum. Although I hate it when people call me a liberal because I think most liberals are crazy right-wingers now. As far as I'm concerned, they're just left of the Republicans and far right of the center that I think of as the center. But anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll get into that well, later. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, anyway, I heard you had a birthday. Oh, How'd you hear that? <laughs> I guess Facebook told you or something. F- Facebook told me, but actually, I-, I saw your friends wishing you happy birthday well in advance of your birthday. Yeah, so. well, one of the girls was from Australia, so I think it was actually tomorrow. You know, oh, when it was the her, day before, right. so she wished me the the happy birthday in advance. And yeah, I, August eleventh uh, is my birthday, so I I turned uh, thirty six on uh, yeah on Saturday. <laughs> went out uh, to dinner with the folks, had some gluten free pizza and a nice bananas Foster and a bunch of a uh, bunch of hard ciders. Oh, it was okay. Foster, and, you know, that sounds good. I went to Pizzeria Uno just because there are plenty of places to get a gluten free pizza around here. But you know, my parents actually like that restaurant. And Uno, Uno's will do a wow. I haven't been to Uno's in forever. Yeah, they'll they, do a gluten free pizza. They do. They do have a gluten free pie. And over the years, I've had them, and they've gone from being eh to cardboard with cheese and sauce on them. But mm. um, the pizza that I had on Saturday was far and away the best time, best pizza I've ever had at uh, Uno's. So hopefully, they've been taking some feedback from gluten free customers like me and, and applying it because that was pretty darn good. And the the bananas cool. Foster was really good. And then of course the cider is just the the standard i can't think of the brand right now but the you know the stuff you can get wood, at any store woodchuck? yeah they, they they do the woodchuck there but uh nice what about you when's your birthday oh it's actually coming up and september. Uh, i'll be 30 35 yeah september 26th and you'll be 35 yeah, yeah exactly okay cool yeah so we're we're just youngins over here Mm-hmm. Great, great, great. So, what's in the news? What's in the news? Craziness going on in England right now, and uh, uh, I don't mean what uh, what you probably think I mean. I know um, Julian Assange, the WikiLeaks guy, has been seeking political asylum in the Ecuadorian embassy in London since June. He's actually been living in the embassy since June, and boy, did that really heat up last night. The the Brits were threatening to bust the door down, and this um, is a strange this is a strange turn of events. We've got like. Uh, He's being um, indirectly proxy bullied by like through three layers of of intervening countries. Yeah, I think the U.S. ultimately wants him for espionage charges because of all the WikiLeaks stuff, which I'm 100 percent behind. I mean, to quote my friend Matt, um, the WikiLeaks should never release anything that puts like one of our agents or something like that in jeopardy. But, yeah, but have you seen what they released? Right, it's right. It's like the stupid gossip between operatives, you know. It's I don't know, it's it's trumped up. Right, right, but, right. Uh, the, but, you know, so fine. If they're not releasing anything that puts anybody in danger, you know, and the my friend also goes on, and I agree with him, which is why I'm quoting him. My friend also goes on to say that governments have no right to lie to their people. So if they are lying, they do need to be, uh, their feet need to be held to the fire. So mm-hmm. I think WikiLeaks is a good thing. I'm I'm all for it. 
and yes, he uh, he is up on some charges in Sweden for some sort of uh, sexual misconduct, rape type thing. I don't exactly know what the charge is. Yeah, it's complicated. It's not rape per se. It's like it was consensual sex that became unconsensual when the woman found out he wasn't using a condom or something. But it's that those charges were then dropped and then reinstated, which kind of suggests that there's some politicization. Pol- how to, uh, however you say that damn word yeah uh, behind it but so i mean not that i'm in favor of anyone you know doing inappropriate uh things but there there was there was no serious suggestion that the sex act itself wasn't consensual so i just can't get that worked up about it i think this is some it's some sex crime that's uh, a, a little bit of an excess of political correctness run amok. Well, and also, from what I understand, he has offered to give himself up to the Swedes uh, as long mm-hmm. as there's no fear of extradition to the U.S. to be questioned by the Swedes about this uh, this crime. So, And the Swedes have not uh, agreed to do that. So, you know, again, we're not I, trying yeah, to I'm, minimize... I'm pretty convinced that it was sort of a honey trap for him. Yeah, too, we're not trying to know. minimize, certainly, any of the the sexual uh, charges, the allegations against him. But, uh, yeah, this to me just looks like the U.S. bullying Sweden and other allies of ours into getting him over here. And, oh, by the way, I think one of my neighbors just started mowing his lawn. So you folks out there oh, might, have to, might have to put up with a, an occasional – I'll edit out the areas where, um, you know, I'm not speaking. I'll edit it out. But you may, when I'm speaking, have to put up with a – in the background. They, they start here. Sometimes you – like it's like 7.59 a.m. and you hear someone out there. And then as soon as it clicks over to 8, they're like, oh, late enough and you hear the mower fire up and I'm like Ugh. back in Syracuse at the Fairfield Glassworks and Tape Dispensary when we would record with John he always had a neighbor that mowed exactly when we did the podcast and you know we were very much <laughs> on a schedule you know because he had a family like you he had a certain time frame when we could record and I had to be there for that um and right. so you know we always you know collided with his his mowing schedule which was really kind of kind of frustrating but uh what else is going on in the news lots of shootings i don't want to spend too much time talking about that since it's not our main topic but what what have we had we have texas shootings and we've had the sikh temple shootings and yeah uh, now we have the uh the the guy who was apparently bringing 15 chick-fil-a's and a case of ammunition to the family research council right yeah it's and that's madness. just bizarre it it's is like it he, is really i don't think weird. he quite had his plan straight the the interesting aspect of it maybe is that this guy may in fact have been kind of a, a left-wing shooter which uh, does happen you know but uh anyway I, I don't know what to make of this uh, they should see if the sandwiches were actually poisoned yeah there may have been some drugs in the sandwiches. Um, and then, you know, in, in keeping with the weirdness of the right wing regarding these shootings for quite some time now, even before Aurora, but particularly after Aurora, a lot of the right were suggesting that the Obama administration staged these shootings just so they could get more restrictive gun laws passed, which, of course, is just yeah, crazy that, that talk. that they might have been a false flag operation sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and now Dave Mustaine, the guitar player in Megadeth, who's always, as in, far as I'm concerned, is just a loud asshole. It was actually at a concert in um, uh, one of the... Uh, 
uh, oh God, was it Guam or it was some place like that? He was at a at a concert and he I'll link to it on the on the show notes. But at, at two minutes and thirty eight seconds into the video, he's like, you know, in my country, we've got a president who's faking these shootings so we can get more gun laws passed. It's like Nazi America, you know. It's like, dude, geez, what sort of bizarre drugs are you on? Of course, they didn't fake these so that they could get more restrictive gun laws passed. In fact, since Obama's been in office, I haven't even heard him mention, you know, any more restrictive gun laws. You know, he knows how tough the NRA is. Yeah, the only gun law that Obama has passed is actually to uh, liberalize rules about guns in federal parks. Yeah, and I think I mentioned that on a previous show. He made it so you could carry in some parks. Exactly. Yeah, it's weird because the right is looking at his record of attacking gun ownership, which is not to attack gun ownership. And somehow this is making them more and more nervous because they're like just assuming that, you know, he's trying to lull them into a false sense of security. And then, you know, as soon as his second term starts, they'll be coming for your guns. Right. Well, and just to give an idea of how scared these guys are to say anything about guns after the Aurora shooting, which is certainly a heinous enough of a crime, you would think the president would come out and say something, but I don't think he said anything about guns until Michael Moore went on CNN on that one hour, the guy who replaced Larry King, Piers Morgan, and Mm -hmm. he shamed Obama uh, on the air, and the next day, Obama might have tweeted something, like, we got to do something about these guns, you know, really under the radar, didn't say it on CNN, said it through his Twitter account. did he say something something about, you know, assault weapons should be used by the military or something? It was pretty mild. Yeah, but I mean, it just goes to show how afraid of the NRA these guys are, you know? There was a time when the NRA was just a, a group that taught gun safety and things like that, which is a great thing, and now they're just, they're a cult. They're actually listed as a cult by different cult watch groups, you know, mm-hmm. as, uh, like I, I think wouldn't, most. Uh, wouldn't doubt it. I just posted something today about a, a Tea Party machine gun social in oh. I think it was Asheville, North Carolina. I got a friend so. who lives in Asheville. You want to go? Uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, whenever I think of people like uh, novices getting together to shoot machine guns, I think about this kid who was handed a machine gun at a firing range by his gun nut dad and uh, tried firing it for the first time, lost control, and shot himself and killed himself. Well, it just, and, y- y- there w- there's this comedian, I can't remember his name now, but he used to do a skit about, you know how they have promotional nights at baseball games? Yeah. And he's like, tonight is hard liquor and handgun night, you know, <laughs> kind of making the point that what two things don't go well together, you know, uncoordinated people and high-powered firearms yeah. and liquor. I mean, I-, I should say I like shooting guns. It's really fun, you know, yeah, I've done I've it for fun. It. And I would go to a firing range sometime and practice, but uh, I would be, you know, I'm, I know that I'm not likely to be very good with a high powered, uh, you know, machine gun. Jeez, those yeah. things are hard to control. They require a lot of training and practice. Or a so. tripod, that would help, you know, because yeah. there's a lot of kick but, when you're firing off 20 rounds a second, you know. Well, they might be using those for all I know. Anyway. So, well, you guys probably heard our little disaster with the, the tape deck last week. Yeah, that was uh, embarrassing. Yeah, well, actually, that just turned out to be a fried electrolytic capacitor in the the Tapex power supply, so it thankfully wasn't as bad as it sounded. Did you did you manage to get the shrapnel out of your head? No, I actually don't have any health coverage right now, so it's going to have to stay. But there is a positive benefit. When I'm out biking now, I can actually sort of tell which way is north, so I, I kind of got that going for me. 
Uh, that's convenient for navigation. Cool. I think so. I think so. Anyway, we, we finally got some proper Olympic discussion prepared for today's show. I know you, for example, wanted to talk about Justin Gatlin's chances of winning the men's 100 meters. So I think it's time for a, 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 our proper, proper Olympic update. Yay. All right. Cool. Cool. Didn't you turn your ringer off? Shit, I guess not. Hang on. I'd better get this. It could be important. Uh, hello? Um, gentlemen, the Olympics are over. Why are you still doing these droll Olympic updates? They are? For real? Who is this? What the hell? Already? Yes, I thought it best to call you and save you any further embarrassment. Uh, who won? Well, that's not the point. I mean, honestly, if you Americans could get your heads out of your feet bags long enough to look around and see what's happening in the world, what with all of your McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, a gay bashings, shootings, death penalty for the mentally disabled, oil spills, climate change deniers, and Mitt, money bags, Romney shambles, you just don't seem to take a genuine interest in international affairs. And how many times are you going to bring up World War II? Get over yourselves already. Maybe if you weren't a bunch of bloody provincial cornists with delusions of grandeur, you'd be capable of enjoying sport for the sake of sport. Ouch. Um, I'm sorry. We're losing you. You seem to be raking up. Try pulling your heads out of your own arseholes long enough to... Oh, bother. Well, we seem to have lost that caller. Really? Uh, yeah.
Yeah, so that was Modest Midget with By Me, kind of their punk rock tune. Yeah, it's it's uh, it reminds me a little bit of uh, King Crimson in the way they have some of these uh, dissonant, like aggressive intervals in it. There's like diminished scale runs. I don't know if I'm using the right terms. My ear's not that great, but it's very. Yeah. Uh, well, you probably hear it. It's you know kind of very creative uh, sounding, not very yeah. conventional chord well, structure. Yeah, very prog-ish. And you know, John discovered these guys four or five years ago when we were in V1 of Bloody Veg, and he was drawn uh, to them just by their name, Modest Midget, on the Podsafe Music Network because he kind of thought it might have been an homage to Gentle Giant, and he knows I love Giant, and he likes Giant. And you yeah, know, it could, could be they they're certainly along those lines. Yeah. Well, and then when we listened to the stuff, it was really good, and clearly has some prog influence. So I, I definitely think there's uh, there's a little homage, a homaginess going on there, but <laughs> great stuff. And I, I reached out to um, their guitar player singer, Lonnie Ziblatt, um, and uh, he was kind enough to send me not only his solo album, his entire solo album, but the entire latest Modest Midget CD in really high quality MP3s, which will sound fine for our purposes. And uh, yeah, so good stuff. And uh, we'll play another and one we'll of those later. We'll hear some more from them in the future, it sounds like. Cool. Yeah, and I know you uh, you wanted to talk about social media, right? I mean, I don't know what you yeah. call the what you what you want to call the segment, but start it off. Say why, you know, where 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 this came from. What inspired this? Well, I I was talking to Grace yesterday and she and I both have been wasting and I can't really think of a better term for it than that. An awful lot of time on Facebook. And so I went down there one time to talk to her and said, you know what, how'd you like to uh, arrange a suicide pact? And she's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, no, no, not like uh, really, but we could like um, set a deadline and then kill our Facebook personas. Right. And the reason being that uh, this was just, I was just getting so sick of the... um, the political arguments on Facebook. And I have to step back and ask myself, you know, I'm someone, I work from home, I work on computers, and I play on computers. And I know you play on computers too, but uh, but it just starts to feel like every aspect of my social life is mediated by computers. And I start to wonder, you know, all of these debates are really pseudo-debates because no one's keeping score. There's no winning and it's not like you're really convincing anyone. So as, I don't know. I just wanted to talk about that and see if you had any insights. You know, do you get any genuine value from all this uh, social media interaction? These people, I have. My, my, Grace has well over a thousand friends. I wow. have I think three three hundred something. I have two hundred yeah, thirty friends maybe on Facebook. But these, you know, friend in this uh, situation doesn't mean anything. Well, you know, here's my first thought on this, right? You asked if there's any value to social media, and I, I don't really know the answer to that. Yeah, I think if if Facebook went away and we all started hanging out in coffee shops and having real conversations, the world would probably be a better place just from emotional development perspectives, mm-hmm. just because we're right. interacting with people in the way that humans evolved, interacting with people and the way our, our well-being probably requires us to interact with people to be emotionally healthy people. Yeah. But I will say this. I don't know if you were on the BBC 
BBSs in the 80s and 90s, but I was a huge BBS caller in the 80s and 90s, and I ran a BBS in the 80s and 90s, and this is nothing I, new, right? I, I have, been, I was on BBSs, but then more noticeably, I was on Usenet a lot, yeah. starting around, you know, 89, 90. I was, uh, you can actually find my old stuff in Google Groups if you search for it. I was in a lot of computer-related conversations on Usenet. Yeah. So, but, you know, the point being that I've been involved in political debates online since the 80s and nothing has changed in terms of that. You know, people hunkered down. I mean, we're probably as a country more polarized than we ever were. So that's not helping. Right. But, you know, I mean, I've had, uh, I don't know, 12,911 political discussions in my online (laughs) life since I've been online. And basically, you know, you don't convince anyone of anything. And, what you know, as I've said before on on Facebook, in blogging, on my blog, and on this podcast, you know, and I'm not saying we know everything there is to know about everything because we certainly don't. But I think when I debate, my position is open to be changed if you can change it with powerful argument. And I seem to yeah. be getting into the, the, these debates that I have with these people on the right. They they repeat now. They repeat the words of a blowhearted AM radio shock jock named Rush. Mm-hmm. Facts don't matter. They're repeating stuff that they get on Fox News, which is basically a lot of lies. And I mean, and it can demonstrably be shown that Fox News lies. I mean, we're not talking about gray area stuff. We're just talking about outright lies. But anyway, so I have have, have managed to sometimes things Well, sometimes they'll get very specific with the facts and I'll be able to track that down and say, well, look, here's the actual budget number. You know, here's the actual this. Did you see the bar graph that they posted like a week ago? Where Does this have to do with Medicare? You no, know, it Ryan had to do with Romney? if uh, the tax, uh, you know, the Reagan tax cuts aren't extended or the Bush tax era, Bush era tax cuts aren't extended oh. rather. And what what Fox News did was they showed um, yeah, the whole yeah, point the of a bar graph is bar that you graph. show the whole bar, whole bar from zero, but they only showed the top of the bar graph. So, it so you're saying like two bars, two bars next to each other, and it looks like there's an enormous difference between the two. Right, but if you look at the whole length of the bars, it's a very you insignificant out, difference, yeah, and zero. that's that is a lie. That I mean, right. that, that is not a human speaking a lie, but that is a lie. Someone it's purposely a vi- visual chose visual lie. Yeah, someone right. purposely made the choice to show the graph that way. There was an even more blatant example where the numbers on the graph were correct, but the tr- the actual curve of the line was just was just wrong. Well, right. <laughs> the, just... the number was supposed to go down, but the line stayed level. That that goes back to, you know, yeah. wintertime probably when they did that one. But, and, you know, and, and when, for example, when um, the Wisconsin Occupy movement started, when they were, you know, trying to displace the governor and they started occupying the, the, the government uh, buildings. Uh, Fox News started showing footage of a riot in like L.A., a political like oh, where people yeah. got violent. In these, mind you, these Wisconsin protests were going on in winter, and of course they right, were showing right. palm, trees palm trees and sunny skies. Yeah. But again, that's a lie. And I mean, I heard people talking. Well, look at the violence in the the, the video they showed. Well, dude, sure. there's palm trees and no snow on the ground. That could, you know, they they don't. Even, but anyway, that's a, a bit off of where you you were going. And I know there's there's a particular. Um, person, for example, on your Facebook feed that you you debate with a lot, and I think you've well, been debating just, with she's just her an example. today. Well, yeah, right, she's but. She, she's I just but uh, the the point is that even if I can basically come up with an really authoritative uh, 
takedown of what she's claiming, there is, like you said, there's never a sense of having uh, having won the debate. There's never an admission that, you know what, that, you're right, that's Good wrong, point. and I'm not yeah. going to spread that meme anymore, because then the very next hour, whatever, she's posting some other source that's just as, as ridiculously uh, off-center, biased, and whatnot. So, so you really start to ask yourself, what's the point? I mean, it's like there's a cartoon from a while back of someone like waking up in a cold sweat, and they're like, no, no, I have to, I, I have to do this. Something is wrong on the internet. <laughs> well, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't get out of the BBS scene because I used to occasionally or more than occasionally get in political arguments with people. Um, and, you know, will I stop using Facebook? Probably not. But I definitely have stopped engaging in political debate with people that I know when I debate them, it's going to be the equivalent of beating my head against the concrete, you know. So I have to I learn. I, have to, I get really, I, I do get emotionally involved in a, a debate where I, I literally can't win because the other side would never acknowledge that I've even scored a valid point. And so I, I've, I've got to restrain myself and teach myself, you know, not to do this. But the problem is, for some reason, it's just really tempting because I, I like you, I think I actually really enjoy a, a good debate, a good fight. A proper you know? debate uh, with real yeah, argument. Absolutely. When I say that, I use the word like a lawyer would use the word, you know, to argue sure. your point with facts, convincingly, logic, reason, get to from point A to point B and make a point, for example. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love that thing. I, I was not on the debating team in high school, but my wife was. And I, you know, I was on like a, there was like a quiz program we'd go on like a local community access show and have quiz challenges with other high schools that kind of thing but yeah uh, yeah i've seen those but i don't think we had that locally though but so it's just that's that's kind of what i'm getting at I don't, i'm not expecting we'll be able to come up with a definitive answer here but uh you know just like is this really valuable there's a podcast i listened to uh an episode of the professional left podcast and I just wanted to mention that maybe we could link to it. And it's literally about whether this is just, what do they call it, um, a valuable way to spend your time to have these political debates on Facebook, or is it just sort of an energy vampire? You know, it just sucks out your energy and time. And I start to realize, you know, that my kids are asking me to read them a story or play with them, and I'm saying, not now, I have to correct this person on Facebook. And that's obviously stupid. you know, the Aspie in me likes, you know, likes people to play by the rules. And yeah, when I debate somebody and I absolutely blow them out of the water, I used to anyway, want to hear the words yeah good point you're right i'm wrong Mm -hmm. but i just it just doesn't matter anymore i i've had some sort of got to give that give that up well and it's hard for me right it's probably hard for you too uh, because we probably have the same neurotype so it can be tough but um yeah at the end of the day the I, i learned a lesson dealing with some people in my family and that is if there are toxic people in your life you know get them out of your life because they're not helping you you know yeah, I don't know about get out of life altogether, but I definitely need to learn how to keep things at arm's length and say, let's just take, you know, let's. I'll talk to this person about the things that we have in common that we mutually enjoy and just stop getting into the argument because you know I'd like to say I'm going to I'm going to drop Facebook I'm just going to become a social media pariah and re- and rely instead on all the relationships I have here in the real world 
but that's you know i work from home i'm at home with a lot of kids in the evenings and whatnot and i don't know a lot of people here and so that would basically actually just be killing most of my actual social life in the as it is you know which is sad but true well i will say this facebook has allowed me to reconnect with a lot of the high school guys and the, the school guys in general uh that i lost touch with and had no way of of getting in contact with and you know there were quite a few people that i did want to you know reconnect with and there's still a mm-hmm. few more out there there's a guy that used to call my bbs and he used to go by the the nickname uh the badger and his name is dave dave uh last name begins with a q and he used to live uh actually a place where i tend to ride my bike a lot up north of the city and he just disappeared off the face of the earth and i'm still trying to track him down and there's there's a couple people that were really cool on my bbs that i would just love to get in touch with because i know yeah yeah. you know they would they were always cool clever fun bright open-minded people and they probably still are and you know they're just people i'd like to include uh, you know, even involved with the podcast, you know. Um, yeah, well, it's true. I, I've reconnected with people from high school, some that I actually missed, and also with some family members, some that I haven't heard from for years. And it's also true that I think you and I probably wouldn't have gotten into this particular uh, arrangement for <laughs> bloodthirsty vegetarians if it wasn't through a mutual Facebook friend. Yeah, that's right. I remember um, we sort of friended one another somehow through Meredith, another podcaster with uh, yeah. a podcast yeah. named Brain Douche, which I think is a great freaking name for a podcast. And Get that uh, fresh, clean feeling. That's right. On your brain. Uh, spring fresh, flowery fresh. I remember I posted something on your wall. You were talking about your mics and you didn't know me or even know that I was an audio guy and I was telling you things about your mics. (laughs) You were like, you were like, tell, explaining why I was wrong. And you were like, dude, are you being a jerk or are you, you like really totally (laughs) called me out on something. And I said, what do you mean? No, I'm just telling you about your mics, things you might not know. I'm I'm actually an audio engineer, but but uh, like that, yes. but that that's that was just uh, you know that's a classic that can happen in real life too. But you know I mean it's just something that I have to deal with as an Aspie. I mean the other day a friend of mine did this really arduous difficult mountain bike ride called the Leadville 100 that takes place in Utah or something in and around the mountains where I guess lead was mined. Maybe I, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Sure and. Um, uh, I'll tell you about him off mic too, because he's a really interesting guy. But I used to work with him anyway. So he said, "Hey, I did just finish the Leadville 100 in eight hours, 22 minutes, or something." I think that was his time, and and he said, "Definitely the hardest day I've ever had on the bike." And he's done Ironman length triathlons, where you wow. swim three miles, you bike 120, and you run a marathon, right? And yeah, he said that yeah. was the hardest day of exertion he's ever had. And I just said, I said, really, what was your time? Because he didn't post his time. He just said, I, I just finished the <laughs> thing. I said, what was your time? And he said, 8.22. And I said, cool. And then like an hour later, he busted my chops and he said, Wait, Rich, when you said what was your time, you really meant to say congratulations, right? And while he was joking, <laughs> that's a problem that I have because a lot of those right. social conventions just don't occur to me to say like, oh, congratulations. It's not what comes to my mind first. It's like, really, what was your time? Because that's like a- When you said that, then he was thinking, well, okay, so you finished that, but how you know, how well did you really do? And that seems a little hostile, you know? No, he's yeah. a he's a good good friend and uh, uh, I, he said I was just breaking your balls and I said well I know that but you know what what you did was very instructive for me because there are times when I forget the social the expected social niceties I don't do the you know when I when I'm with 
a friend right. and I, right. I run into somebody that doesn't know my friend, I never remember to introduce them because it just doesn't, you know, I you're going to learn his click. name. You're going to eventually learn his name when I say, hey, Matt, did you see that thing over there? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, it just, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm not good at and these are still still some of them. But yeah, so, it, and of course, being on a, 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 a form like- In print like, too. Yeah, in print too. It does well, occasionally come right. across. You know, so you have these problems when you're writing on Facebook because there's, especially if people don't use emoticons, you know? Yeah. And I've, well, I've Grace been, is always calling me out too because she she uh, points out to me, dude, do you realize that you don't even know this person and you're ranting at them? And if <laughs> you were in public, you'd be waving your fucking arms and screaming at the top of your lungs and people would be staring at you and backing away. <laughs> right, right. Well, I, so, so the answer to the question is, is social media any good? I, I, I definitely think it has some bad points. Uh, it has allowed me to reconnect, like I said, with some people. You know, I see people walking around staring at their phones all day, and you know, I think, <laughs> right. as I said, sort of at are they schizophrenic before, or just uh, or just online? <laughs> well, I just think they need, you know, we we need to interact with people, and I tell you, I always feel better emotionally, mentally, you know, from a depressed, non-depressed perspective when I have a good sure. day interacting with my friends, like when I went to Minneapolis to. To that sci-fi con, I mean, you know, I did crash so a face, little after face that. Face to face, face to face is what really gives you the serotonin boost. Exactly, and I don't think you're getting that from social media. And of course, there's way too many people spending way too much time on it, especially young people, since they grew up with it. That's nor that's the norm for them, and it's a little scary. And right, um, right. papers are being written about this right now by people with PhDs. So stay tuned, right? Yep. So you want to jump into another track? Let's jump into another track. All right. Well, this is another one by uh, Modest Midget, and this is super proggy. You know, this is an instrumental, and this really caught my ear when I was auditioning tunes for the show. So uh, check it out.
so that was Modest Midget again with a, a song on the CD that's called Yorg Knows. And that's actually short for Yorg Knows How Difficult a Musician's Life Can Be, But Then Again, Who Doesn't? <sighs> and when I listen to that song, that's the, to- that's the vibe I totally get off of it, you know? It's a nice song. I like it. It's a little longer structure. And it goes, but it goes uh, from prog sounds to kind of like more almost Appalachian folk with the fiddle. That's really nice. Yeah. Though, I mean, I can't say enough like how thrilled I am that John discovered these guys and, you know, how strong their, their music is. They're really, really great. Great stuff. Good, good musicians. So, you know what band that reminds that song reminds me of just a little bit is uh, uh, an older sort of uh, prog new age band called Mannheim Steamroller. Yeah, on uh, American Gramophone. Uh, what, Chip Davis's band. Yeah, yeah. He's, of course, really famous for doing that Christmassy music and that, uh, you know, his whole Mannheim project through the 70s was great, like Mannheim 1, Mannheim 2, Mannheim 3. Yeah. There's some really good music on there, but he really broke out with the whole uh, Christmas music. And uh, I actually have all the Christmas music CDs and a variety of his other early Mannheim CDs. He's, he's great. Do you? Mannheim Steamroller can get just a little cheesy for my taste, but these guys are are not like that. So oh, I mean, but no. it just reminds me of a certain aspects of it. So I'm, I don't mean it as a as a bad thing because I like Mannheim Steamroller. Yeah, too. well, and we'll be playing more of them in the future since I have tons of material right now of of Lonnie's. Thanks, Lonnie, for uh, letting us play your music. And he asked that I go to their Facebook page and announce when the show is released. So we'll get a we'll probably get a little viewership uh, blip uh, uh, from people on their page coming to listen to the show. Cool. Well, if you're if you're coming to listen to us from uh, the Modest Midget uh, fan page, welcome. Glad to have you here. Yeah. Stay tuned. Um, you know, I, there was a few things I, I forgot to mention in the intro that I'll mention in our outro before we uh, we close it down. Um, the final word from the UK, and I got this headline right before we podcasted regarding the Julian Assange thing, was the latest report says that the UK is going to take its time before it makes a move and does something rash that could cause an international incident. <laughs> Weren't so, they saying that they, they actually were threatening the Ecuadorian They were going to break the door am- down, Ambassadors man. saying we can revoke your diplomatic rights and that in that case we can then just come in and do whatever they want that's we right want because yeah. uh, they were going to embassy will no longer be like uh, ecuadorian or, yeah um, ecuadorian soil so i don't wow. know anything about international law but that sounds a little fishy to me but it looks like um it looks like well, it sounds kind of unprecedented is it, what it was it definitely unprecedented like. uh in the, the sources that i read said nothing like that has ever been done revoking their their wow. uh ambassadorial status is so Even that you during can just wartime i mean that sounds like something you might have they might have done you know at the outbreak of a war well usually countries just vacate the embassy and leave when you know is the uk going to war with ecuador well i don't know but they better <laughs> not you know the ecuadorian embassy is also uh just a building it does it's not like a big compound with fences right. around it and security right. like you 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 would expect when you see the american embassy or the russian embassy it's just a fancy house basically like cuz it's a small country so it, they could just go to the door and kick it in if they wanted but wow. hopefully they won't because i think assange deserves a, a fair hearing on all of this stuff you know talk about an international incident <sighs> and then uh, another thing i wanted to mention that actually made me smile i don't know what brought me to this link when i was looking before but you remember the show hogan's heroes yeah i do you remember major hochstetter what is this man doing here he was mm. the gestapo guy 
Oh, he not Colonel Clank. But no, no, another, no, no. He was another, another guy. Nazi he, character. Yeah, yeah, there was the sort of uh, the round general named Burkhalter, and one of the other recurring characters was Major Hochstetter, one of the SS guys. What is this man doing here? Heads will roll. You know, those were his lines. And uh-huh. King Clink was very afraid of him. But anyway, this guy, ironically, is a Jewish actor named Howard Cohen, and I think he went by the stage name Howard of Kane. <laughs> of course, he is. Actually, the guy <laughs> who played General ironic. General Burkhalter was a German Jew as well. The guy who played the Nazi uh, general as well. So, and yeah, I think uh, Werner Klemperer was Jewish as well. So there's you know a little sure. irony there. But of course, that wasn't a concentration camp. That was a POW camp, as they always pointed out. Yeah. You know? Okay. So anyway, this actor Howie Cohen, um, he was always my favorite character. I liked a lot of the minor characters usually on shows because he brought a lot of flavor to it. You know, heads will roll. You know, he was just funny. And mm-hmm. um, I was looking him up on well, Wikipedia, and in the mid-60s, he became obsessed with the Appalachian five-string banjo. And between, like, 1970 <laughs> and 1993, when he died, he won 29 prominent banjo contests in the South for songwriting and banjo technique. <laughs> that is really bizarre well it's just <laughs> it's one of absolutely these absolutely crazy don't you ju- i love these little factoids though that yeah. you learn about people and like you know suddenly you're like wow that's, that's really cool you know people have lives that are far different than what you might imagine from exactly the you do know about them and yeah, that's that's what's great about interacting with people in real life even though i got that off the internet like to, to be able to have seen him do that and i did i scoured youtube sure. for videos of him at one of these contests and i could not find one but um um, I just think that's so great, and he's he died in 93, but he was always one of my favorite characters on there. So anyway, I guess that's a show, man. It sounds like a show to me. You know, we haven't said our names in a while. This is Rich Wilgus. And I'm Paul Potts in Saginaw, Michigan. And you've been listening to Bloodthirsty Vegetarians. Check us out on the web, www.bloodyveg.com. I think you may have had oh, never mind. Send us feedback, feedback at bloodyveg.com. And boy, holy cow, we have not had any voicemail, not even from your wife. 206-376-0397. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Take care, everybody. Bye.